Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Max Lakato, and I'm your guest preacher today. It's an honor to be here. An honor to have my wife, uh, Deanlin, here, who drove up this morning. Um, and it's just a spectacular privilege that is mine. I'm sensing that it would be a right to, uh, before I begin the message, to offer some prayers for healing. Uh, I know that uh, all of us at times in our lives need a special touch from Jesus. And sometimes we need physical healing, sometimes relational healing, sometimes emotional or, or mental healing. And this is a house of healing. It's a house of healing. And so we, we come to the Lord and we ask Him for help. Uh, if you would like to be prayed for, I'd like to anoint you with oil. I'll put just a drop on your forehead and, and ask the Lord to set you apart for a special blessing. Uh, I, I would, what I'd like to do, if it's acceptable to you, is I invite you to, to come down to the front and form a group here in the front, to the, in front of the platform, and then I'll just anoint you. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the elders and any prayer ministers, of course, Jimmy and Annette, will come along behind you, and uh, we'll, all, we'll just ask the Lord to bring healing. He may heal immediately. Uh, he may heal fear. Uh, he may heal insomnia. He may heal... Uh, relationships. Well, let's just ask him to do his work. Can we do that? Would anyone like to be prayed for? So just stand up, come to the front. And if you cannot stand up, and yet you would like to be prayed for, just hold a hand up, and I would ask any uh, leaders to, to make their way to you. Come on down to the front. And set you apart in the name of Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and set you apart for a special blessing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I set you apart, dear daughter of God, for a special blessing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I set you apart in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, healing upon this daughter. Yes. Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, dear Son of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jimmy, maybe you should get some oil and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here. Thank you. You'll take some. All right. We're not in a hurry, but I do have a sermon. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special healing. Can I work through here? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a special blessing. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a special blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a special blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. 
In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless this family and this child. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, blessings. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a blessing on this family. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a blessing on you. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Blessings on this family. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, blessing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, blessings on this family. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the Son, and the Holy Spirit, special blessing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a special blessing. And so, Lord, we ask a healing now to be upon all those who are in need of a touch from you today. Just a deep, deep healing, Lord. We do not deserve it. We do not demand it. We just request it as your children, as children of God. Hallelujah. We welcome you. We welcome the work of the Spirit among us. not ours to say how Jesus will heal whether it be immediately or whether he's using this time as a time of testing or struggle but we trust him we trust him we trust that he will do what is right we trust that he will lift burdens of course we all want immediate healing and and so many times he does that uh, when he seems to delay in our time then we trust him. We just keep walking forward. We listen and we say, Lord, what is it you're teaching me through this time? We never interpret the presence of pain as the absence of God. We understand that God holds sovereign over our bodies and we have just prayed over your body. That means that the devil has no access to your body. And that means that any seed that he might have sown that's not a part of God's perfect plan is gone. It's gone. Amen. Isn't that good to know? There still may be struggles. I've got a little arthritis in this shoulder I'm asking the Lord to remove. But you know what? It teaches me to pray. And, uh, and I have had many things that have been healed. I'm not as ugly as I used to be. <laughs> I know he's got a lot of work to do there too. So God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We could almost go home right now, couldn't we? Yeah. But we're not. <laughs> So here today, on a special day, a special day, to, to talk about what God has done and what God is doing in the history of Oak Hills Fredericksburg and Bridge Church. And to allow me the privilege in this final message that I'll present to you as uh, Oak Hills Church members, uh, my off final opportunity to, to issue a challenge to you. And that's that's... That's where I'm headed. I do hope, Jimmy, you'll keep me on the short list for guest speakers. Maybe let me come back up at some point if you ever want to. If you ever need a, a, a Sunday off, keep me in mind. I'd, I'd, I'd love to come up. And it'd be impossible for me to overstate the honor and the excitement that's mine. I woke up this morning so excited, so, so thankful. My first prayer was, Lord, thank you that we get to have this day together. It's such an exciting time. We really, we, we trace our ancestry back to the day of Pentecost. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment. But as immediate church family, we might trace our ancestry back to a day in 1960 when a group of church leaders from a congregation in downtown San Antonio met to discuss 
the expansion of the city and possible church plants from that downtown congregation. That downtown congregation was called the Grove Avenue Church of Christ. And it was led by a handful of faithful men. And they had a vision to plant churches all over San Antonio. And during the history of that church, they would plant well over a dozen churches, many of whom, many of which are vibrant and growing today, one of which was called initially, hang on to your hat, the Fredericksburg Road Church of Christ. <laughs> so in the charter, in fact, to this day, the charter name, Karen Hill, who's with me today, reminded me, the charter name, the official name of Oak Hills Church is Fredericksburg Road Church of Christ to this day. The uh, leaders of the Grove Avenue Church were aware that the city of San Antonio was expanding. And the word had been out and was made official that a medical center was going to be built on the northwest part of the city. But at that point, it was just open pasture. And so they had the idea of purchasing property in that area that was going to be called the medical center. Is anybody acquainted with the medical center in San Antonio? Um, and so they, they, lo they located 12 acres on Fredericksburg Road. And uh, with a great step of faith, purchased those 12 acres. And those 12 acres came with a stone house. And about 40 or 50, is that right, Karen, or 60 people? Is that How many? 48 people. 48 people gathered uh, for the first gathering. And the church began there on Fredericksburg Road. And uh, it had a wonderful, and it has a wonderful history. It began to grow. Uh, and it was 30 years into its existence uh, before my wife and I came to be a part of Oak Hills Church. Many people assume that we were a part of beginning the church. But no, it had a wonderful history uh, by the time we came. My wife and I at that point uh, were missionaries in Brazil in 1988. We received a call from the Oak Hills Church of Christ to consider coming all the way from Brazil and interviewing uh, for a, uh, a position. They were looking for a new senior minister. And on that first Sunday that we sometimes call a try-out sermon, I've never liked that phrase, but I don't know what it is. It was all part of the interview weekend. Uh, Doyle Jennings was running the sound. <laughs> Guess what Doyle Jennings is doing today? And on that day, uh, I did not know as a young minister from San Antonio, I was not trained, I'm, so, I'm sorry, from Brazil, I did not know that after the sermon, uh, when a preacher goes into the bathroom, it's smart for him to turn off his microphone. <laughs> to this day, Doyle uses that. He says, I protected you. I turned you off in the booth. <laughs> so to this day, he reminds me. And so thank you, Doyle, for that. And so Deanlin and I began our service at Oak Hills Church in 1988. Uh, some of you will recall and some of you were a part of a big decision to uh, sell our property at Fredericksburg Road and move out on Interstate 10. I want to tell you something though. Uh, after I had been at Oak Hills Church for just a month or so, uh, I went to a men's store, a clothing store, in search of a blazer because I didn't own one. I had a suit that a friend had given me, but I did not own a blazer. And I'd like to have, you know, a preacher just needs a blazer. And so I went to a store called Sattel's. Uh, 
While standing there looking for a blazer, there was an elderly gentleman uh, shopping as well, and he and I struck up a conversation. When he found out I was a minister, he said, oh, my brother is a minister in Memphis, and we talked even a little bit more about that. I thought that was the end of that story. When I went to pay for my blazer, uh, the gentleman at the cash register said, oh, don't you know the man you were talking to, he's already left, but he paid for your coat. And I said, well, that was a real kind thing. She said, you don't know who that was, do you? And I said, no, I don't. And the fellow said, well, his name is Red McCombs. <laughs> and he owns a lot of car dealerships here in the area. Well, that began a friendship with Mr. McCombs that would later be influential in the history of Bridge Church. And I'm getting to that here in just a moment. He and I stayed in touch, stay in touch this very day. And so the years came and went, and Oak Hills Church continued to grow, and we uh, changed our name from Oak Hills Church of Christ to Oak Hills Church, kind of changed our worship style, and the church continued to grow. We purchased property out on Interstate 10. In 2004, we began a plan to expand uh, the influence of the, of, of the church through multi-site strategy, which you know very well. One church in many locations. 2004, uh, Journey Fellowship began on Interstate 35 in Selma on the way to uh, Austin. Uh, we purchased a dance hall and turned it into a church, and that church is, that campus is now becoming a church uh, just like you are. That's where I was uh, last weekend. Uh, these campuses continued to grow and expand. In 2008, Randy Frazee came to be our senior minister. I stayed as teaching minister. And Randy did a wonderful job of expanding our vision as reaching into communities. And he felt called to move to Kansas City about two and a half years ago. I stepped back in as senior minister. Not sure if I was going to stay forever or what. But soon as, as soon as I came back in, I began to have a sense in my heart. I was traveling around talking to people like Jimmy and, and Miguel and Mario and Rich and all the different campus ministers. And I began to sense something. A lot like what I was sensing when my daughters were high school seniors. You parents can relate to this. And that is a sense of, uh, they've grown up. They've grown up. And as much as I would have loved for my children to stay under my roof forever and ever, amen, I began to sense it was time for them to go. They would be healthier, happier. It was time for them to spread their wings and gradually release them to be grown-ups. I began to sense that as I, I talked to our, our campuses and to our leadership. I began to pick up on these comments like, well, we know what to do. We think we can do it. We're ready to go. And I got to tell you, nobody was more ready to go than Jimmy and Annette. His word to me was, well, I love Oak Hills, but boy, we know how to reach Fredericksburg. There's something just a little different about Fredericksburg. There's a, there's a different vibe, a kind of a different language, a different culture. Uh, just we, we get Fredericksburg. We get the hill country. And when I began suggesting that we could release these churches to become church planting churches, he got very, very excited. Not everyone got excited. Uh, there was a little bit of pushback. There was some hesitation. So I, we took the idea and we put it on the shelf, didn't we? I said, well, Lord, maybe I misread. And so we gave it two or three months and we continued to think about it. We looked at every possible scenario and Within three months, there was absolute unanimity 
among all our campus leaders, among all our elders, it was a unanimous vote that it was time to become church planting churches. And so we set apart this, uh, set, set this calendar. A year ago, right now, we set this calendar that we've got, uh, got 12 months. I think Jimmy would have wanted just two weeks. He was so ready to go. But we needed 12 months to figure out how to, you know, divest everything and, and how to release everyone. And so as of uh, September 1, uh, and as September 1, Journey Fellowship will become Journey Fellowship, not Journey Oak Hills. And of September 1, you will become Bridge Church. Now, Red McCombs. I don't want to forget that part. So somewhere in the process, and forgive me for not going back and getting all the dates exactly right, but somewhere in the last few years, I got a call from the leadership here in Fredericksburg saying that we have found this exhibit hall. It would be a great place to rent and maybe purchase. And we have found out that it is either owned or partially owned by Red McCombs. We understand you know him. Hello. And I said, well, yeah, he bought me a coat. <laughs> and I put in a call to Mr. McCombs, who is such a gracious man and a generous man. And I don't know all the details. I said, Mr. McCombs, I'd like to just put in a good word for our campus up there at Fredericksburg. And when you negotiate with them, could you give them a fair deal? And next I heard was, we got a sweet deal. <laughs> so he not only got me a jacket, he helped us get this facility. Amen. And what a blessing that's been. Yeah. And so here we are, 2019. Here we are. I'm so very proud of you. I couldn't, I feel like a papa. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm excited. I have every confidence that this gathering of saints is going to change the atmosphere, not just of Fredericksburg, but of the hill country and beyond. Amen. And that we're sensing a revival. We're sensing a, a move of the Spirit, a freshness, a joy, and that you can receive your anointing and you can realize that you are priests and priestesses Amen. of the Almighty God. And when you walk into a room, Jesus walks in that room. And when you walk into a store, Jesus walks into that store. And you carry with, the, with you the healing power, the teaching power. And you have been uniquely gifted to serve the Almighty God in this area. And I know that, that some of you think that you were brought to Fredericksburg or brought to this area by a job or maybe even by retirement. I just want to correct that. I want to say, no, the Almighty God brought you here. And he brought you here for a work. Amen. You may have thought you took a job transfer. You may have thought you were retiring to the beautiful hill country. And you were. God bless you. And how blessed you are. Many of us are jealous of you. Have to put up with the big city down there in San Antonio. And that terrible traffic. We're, we're jealous of you. But you know what? You were brought here by God. Amen. Would you receive that? And that you were brought here in a unique season in the history of this church. And that someday, someday you'll look back. Maybe you'll be telling this story as you help that church open in Blanco or Lano or wherever. As you're part of seeing another church plant. And you say, well, I remember when Locato came and released us. And now I'm here to release you. It just goes on and on and on. And I want to tell you that there is nobody, no one that we would be more excited, more thrilled, more 
fulfilled in releasing to be the leaders of this church than Jimmy and Annette. I have no hesitation. None whatsoever. I believe that this is the culmination of their life work. That everything that God has done has brought them to this place. And in, and in my, my vision, I see them here never leaving. Uh, decades of service. Growing old in Fredericksburg. <laughs> and may God hear that. Amen? Amen? Amen. So just a word now before I release you. Uh, I want to I look at a passage from the, from the book of Acts in chapter 22 and verse 24. But first, before I, let me do, before I do that, let me just tell you about the time that Deanland sent me to buy the bread at the grocery store. She called me when I was on the way home from the office. She said, honey, could you stop and get some bread? I said, sure. She said, now, stay focused when you go in the grocery store. <laughs> and that was a fair caution because I tend, my mind tends to wander when I go in a grocery store. I am a charter member of the Clueless Husband Shopping Squad. <laughs> I walk in, I get distracted by a thousand things. And she said, all we need is bread. Get in there, get the loaf of bread, get out, come home. So I was focused. I got out of the car, walked into the grocery store, and the first thing I saw was cereal. I thought, well, we're all out of cereal. And so I bought my favorite cereal. And buying cereal made me think, well, do we have some cold milk? Can't have cereal without cold milk. So I went and got some cold milk. I was coming, walking out with the cold uh, milk down the aisle. I looked over and I saw God's great creation. His greatest gift. And that is Oreo cookies. <laughs> when we're in heaven, we're going to spend day after day slurping and sipping milk and eating Oreo cookies. It's going to be great. And did you know... This great world in which we live, that under the same roof, within, the set, within two or three aisles from Oreo cookies, there are barbecue potato chips. <laughs> and I spotted those, and I, I purchased some barbecue potato chips. I was all, you're getting hungry right now just thinking about this. And as I was carrying the barbecue potato chips, I walked back down through the dairy aisle. I, spotted, I, I, I saw the bluebell ice cream that is God's gift to us. And so I purchased God's gift to us, and I got all of these essentials for a happy and fulfilled life in one grocery basket. And I checked out and I went home and Deanland looked at my groceries and you know her question. Don't you? Where's the bread? So I went back to the grocery store. You know it's possible to get everything except what you came to get. It's possible to do that as a church. We can do everything except the one thing. I want to encourage you, don't forget the bread. Don't forget the bread. Peter didn't. In the first ever gospel sermon, look how he delivered the bread. Now listen to what I have to say about Jesus from Nazareth. God proved that he sent Jesus to you by having him work miracles and wonders and signs. And all of you know this, that God had already planned and decided that Jesus would be handed over to you. So you took him and had evil men put him to death on a cross. But God set him free from death and raised him to life. Death could not hold him in its power. This paragraph is in the heart of the first ever gospel sermon. Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was the busiest day of the year in the city of Jerusalem. It was one of three days that every adult Jew 
wherever he, he or she lived, was required to travel and participate in at least one time in their lifetime. Consequently, the city of Jerusalem swelled from about 100,000 occupants to about a million occupants. During the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, there would have been people representing every then known nation. There would have been a dark-skinned Ethiopian, the olive-skinned person from, from Rome, from, from Cappadocia, from Greece. They would have come from all over. A dozen dialects could have been heard. A dozen currencies could have been seen in the temple treasury. And somewhere in their midst, somewhere in this busy, bustling city, there was the church. The first image that we have of the church is Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What a beautiful picture of the church. We truly trace our ancestry not to Grove Avenue Church, and elders in the drugstore. But really we trace our ancestry to this moment. The first picture of the church. Disciples gathered together in prayer. In one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Ought to have been at that moment. Ought to have heard the rushing of the wind. To have seen those tongues as they sat upon each of the disciples. Not one for all, but each one of them as if each person, every son and daughter, was receiving the blessing, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. It's my understanding that when the Bible talks about speaking in tongues, it's one of two types of tongues. There are those who have been blessed with a personal prayer language that edifies them as they pray. Tongues of angels, if you will. Expressions that, that, that do not fit in any human language. And that only edify the church in the presence of an interpreter. But there is also this type of tongue, if I understand correctly, that is the ability to speak in a language a person has never studied. And this was a real language. We read in Acts chapter 2 that each person there present heard all the wonders of God in their own language. They were hearing this in their own language. Oh, Thomas was speaking a language he had never studied. Uh, Peter was speaking a language he had never studied. They were hearing in their own languages. All these people from all over the world. And God was making a declaration from the very beginning, from the first day of the church, begin in prayer and continue in proclamation. Begin in prayer and continue in proclamation under the power of the Holy Spirit. That activity that day, that mighty rushing wind and, 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 and the sudden appearance of languages and dialects and people hearing about the wonders of God in their own language led them to ask this question. Acts chapter 2 and verse 12. Whatever could this mean? Boy, that's a good question. What in the world is happening here? It was in response to this question that the Apostle Peter, God bless Peter, that fisherman turned preacher, stood up and preached the first ever gospel sermon. And he had basically three points. Every good sermon has three points. <laughs> Point number one, Peter said, God proved that he sent Jesus to you by having him work miracles and wonders and signs. The miracles and the wonders and the signs of Jesus were for the blessing of people, yes, but they were more for the authentication of Jesus Christ. Amen. God proved he sent Jesus to you. By doing what? Well, by those miracles that we read about in the Gospels. Yes, they were a blessing. 
There were a blessing for the blind man who could suddenly see and the cripple who could suddenly walk. For the leper who could be restored to his family. And for all those hungry people who were filled on those two occasions that Jesus fed thousands of people. But they were more than that. They were signs. They were authentications of Jesus Christ. Don't you know in that great crowd, we know there were at least 3,000 people gathered that day. Why? Because that's how many were baptized. So there's probably more than that. But several thousand people were gathered. Don't you know there were people hearing, Jesus, hearing Peter talk about the miracles and somebody was holding up a hand saying, Oh, I was one of those. Or I was there that day that happened. Or oh, I'll watch that. Or I was the beneficiary of that. And Peter's saying the reason that was done for you, the reason there's healing even today in the church is so that we will believe. Yes, God wants you to be healed. But even more, he wants you to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But then number two, then God delivered him to death. He had already planned and decided that Jesus would be handed over to you. So you took him and that evil men put him to death on a cross. This one that was attested to you by the miracles and signs and wonders, you killed him. This was no feel-good sermon from Peter. You killed him. Jesus was the only sinless person who ever lived, and that made him, qualified him to be the sinless sacrifice for sinners. He was put to death. God delivered him to you. But, point three, God set him free from death and raised him to life. Death could not hold him in its power. Remember, we're only 50 days from the resurrection. Only 50 days. Less than two months. Less than two months from the moment. Deep within the dark sepulcher of Joseph of Arimathea. Behind the secured and sealed rock of the Roman and the Roman soldiers. Amid the sleeping corpses and the silent graves of the Jews. That God did his greatest work. He spoke to the dead body of his incarnate son. And with hell's demons and heaven's angels watching, he called on the rose of Sharon to lift his head, the lion of Judah to stretch his paws, the bright and morning star to shine forth its light, and the alpha and the omega to be the beginning and the end of the grave, the beginning of life and the end of the grave. Amen. Now, there's no way I could know this for sure. But I have to think that Peter did something here that we preachers really love to do. And that is pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> to make a statement and to just be quiet. Because we think, I want them to think about that for a minute. And we want those whose minds had wandered to say, oh, what did I just miss? <laughs> it's a great tool. I like to think that Peter paused after he said these words. God set him free from death and raised him to life. Death could not hold him in its power, 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 power. And the words just ricochet off the temple stones. And Peter paused, almost daring somebody to defy him. Again, it's only been 50 days. An enemy, a cynic, a doubter, any person could have said, that's outlandish. <laughs> Hogwash, Peter. Come on. 
We all know the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Everybody knows that. Man of high standing in our city. We know his sepulcher, his crypt. We know where to find it. Everybody knows. Come on. We'll roll back the stone. We'll walk in. We'll find the cadaver of Christ. We will unwrap it. And we will put an end to this once and for all. But nobody spoke. The greatest sermon on the day of Pentecost was preached in the silence of the enemies. Don't you know they would have spoken if they could have produced the body? But they could not. Had they spoken, the church would have died in its infancy. But they could not speak. They could not speak. Many of them in that crowd had seen the resurrected body of Christ. All those in the upper room had. At least 400 had witnessed the resurrected body of Christ. Again, don't you know they're sprinkled throughout the audience saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. I saw him, I heard him. And because no enemy could counter the claim of the resurrected Christ, the next question was this. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What does this mean? A question of the head has now become a question of the heart. What shall we do? We crucified Christ. Everything hangs in the balance now. As Peter is about to give an answer. What if Peter had said, well, sorry to tell you, but you missed your opportunity. The train called Grace has left the station. You missed it. You should have been paying attention the first time. But that's not what Peter said. Hallelujah. Don't you know with outstretched arms and tear-filled eyes, he said this, turn back to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins will be forgiven. And then you will be given the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children. It is for everyone. Our Lord God will choose. No matter where they live. Peter did not forget the bread. As you study the book of Acts, you'll see that Peter and the others would talk about many things. Everything from feeding the poor, to caring for widows, to organizing the church, to appointing deacons, to church discipline. All types of topics would be addressed. But the first topic and the consistent thread that works its way through the early church is what I encourage you to keep as the priority of this church. Would you deliver the bread? Would you? Would you make sure that this church is known as a place where the gospel is preached? Amen. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. And the main thing is always the plain thing. Churches like to get tangled up in these tiny little remote doctrines that cause division and arguments and split and uh, drives me crazy. 
Amen. Drives me crazy. Here's what I know for sure. That Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again on the third day for the forgiveness of sins. And he is someday coming back to reclaim that who he has purchased. And until then, he has left his Holy Spirit as our guide, our friend, our unfailing friend. Our paraclete, the one who comes alongside and keeps us as strong. That's the message of the gospel. Hallelujah. If you want to do other things, great. God bless you. Feed the poor. Do it. Yes. Yes. Help solve the political mess in our country. Yes. 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 But those are all secondary Hello. to the big issue. The big. In fact, if you don't do this, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have a word with you. <laughs> would you, would you say in your heart, we're always going to be people who teach the great grace of Christ. Amen. The impending return of Christ. The presence and fullness of the Holy Spirit. Would you do that? I know you will. Deliver the bread. Receive the bread in your own heart. Deliver the bread. And I'm very calm. That's what, that's what we need, isn't it? We don't need any more controversy or arguing. What we need is the promise of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for Jimmy and Annette. As they come up, please. I'd like to ask my wife, Deanalyn, to come up and keep us company up here. And stand with me as we pray for Jimmy and Annette. This is a, a simple plaque. It seems so little to really represent, so insignificant to represent the, the very high significance of this moment. But it does commemorate Bridge Church Fredericksburg. It is with great honor, joy, prayers, and blessing that Oak Hills Church launches Bridge Church to be a flourishing church of our Lord Jesus Christ. May it be so until he returns. And then Isaiah 62, 3. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. September 1st, 2019. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this special, special moment that was ordained before all of our moments, any of our moments came to be. And today, Lord, we set apart Jimmy and Annette, begging you to put a strong hedge of protection around them. Keep the devil away and all his influence. Continue to strengthen their already strong marriage. And bless them and their children. Let Jimmy and Annette sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And give them the words to say and the faith to dream. And do not let them grow weary in doing what is good. And let this ministry of theirs be felt all throughout the hill country. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. So now you know why I call him coach. Right? And so thank you so much, Max Dinlin, for being with us and for all of our friends and brothers and sisters who are here to celebrate. As we end, why don't we all stand to our feet? And um, wow, here we are. The ending and the beginning at the same time, right? Isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go, what a privilege to serve you and love you. Father, our commitment is to always deliver the bread. We won't forget. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said... 
Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing week on purpose.